you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. My name's Gemma and I am your host as usual. And today we've got a special episode of our podcast to launch the consultation on our decarbonisation strategy. Now, as regular listeners will know, decarbonisation is something that comes up time and time again, and not just from ourselves, but from many of our guests, our partners, our members, and pretty much everybody involved in transport in any way, shape or form. Decarbonisation was, of course, an important element within our strategic transport plan. And since then, it's become a key pillar of our Northern Transport Charter. So it's very much at the forefront of our minds and members' minds as well. So to talk to us today about all things decarbonisation, I am joined by my colleague, Peter Cole. He is our Principal Environmental and Sustainability Officer here at Transport for the North. Hello to you, Peter. Hello, Gemma. How are you today? Yeah, very good, thank you. Jolly good. Glad to hear it. So Peter has been leading on all of our decarbonisation work. Um, he has uh, led on drafting the decarbonisation strategy, which is what is going out for consultation. Um, obviously, a big old chunk of work. He's not done this on his own, of course. Fantastic team uh, around him and through our our consultants and, and partners and, and members and, and, and all sorts of people getting involved in this as well. So um, first of all, Peter, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your work, your background and your interest in, in uh, decarbonisation. Why is it so important? I joined uh, TFN last August, um, as, you, as you said, as the Environmental and Sustainability Officer for, for TFN, but my main focus has been uh, since that point on the development of the of the strategy, the decarbonisation strategy. Um, I think uh, you know it, it's a massively topical subject at the moment. Um, it's one that's always been close to my heart for the last uh, thirty years, ever since being a a, a, a schoolboy. Um, <laughs> I think you're giving away your age a bit there, Peter. Yeah, I was thinking I shouldn't go into too much detail on that bit. Um, uh, but I think, I mean, for, for us as TFN, uh, I mean, this was recognised as part of the uh, strategic transport plan development process. So back in 2019, um, a, a commitment was incorporated into that that plan to develop a pathway to 2050. Um, and quite a bit of that work um, or the thinking had been done by the time I arrived. Uh, some excellent work by our TAME team uh, developing some future travel scenarios. Uh, that's that's the f- four pl- plausible futures in in how we may live and travel in in the future, um, as well as as uh, having developed a a carbon modelling tool. Um, so it's obviously a, a priority for TFN too, and, and really just picked up up the baton since then uh, to develop the actual uh, trajectory and uh, and strategy. So you're uh, a very busy person, as we've uh, already alluded to. It's a very important area of work with many challenges but a lot of opportunities as well I'm sure we'll talk about those as we delve into uh, the the strategy and the consultation work a little bit further and also with us today uh, as always is my lovely co-host Stephen good morning to you Stephen hi Gemma 
fantastic to have you with us as always. And um, now Stephen is from our engagement team. So Stephen's been working really closely with Peter on developing the consultation process and how that is going to work and how we're going to encourage as many people as possible to get involved. So uh, Stephen will tell us much more about the consultation itself, how you can get involved and, and how all that's going to work um, at the end of the pod. So let's start off then, Peter. Um, where do we even start with a, a big topic like decarbonisation? What, what have we what have we done to, to input into this strategy? Um, and and, and, and what, what is it we're calling on people to to tell us and to feedback on? Well, this, the strategy uh, itself, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a massive topic. So um, it has been quite an undertaking, but it is nevertheless a high a high level sort of setting the direction type type of document. Um, uh, and, and by doing that, we've, we've sought to cover as much as we can within it. And, and I think in, in terms of this consultation, I think we're really interested to hear what people think about the approach we've taken. Uh, this is the, the first regional transport decarbonisation tra trajectory in England, at least that we're aware of. So the approach taken in, in that way is quite novel. Um, Perhaps more importantly, though, what we really want to hear is what people's views and priorities are in terms of what comes next, especially in relation to TFN's role and the activities that we could undertake in, in the short to, to medium term. Uh, a lot of detailed modelling work and engagement has, has gone into, into building up the strategy so far to where it is now. So I'd really urge people to use the consultation to look ahead uh, and utilise the evidence um, to help us shape the region's future transport decarbonisation activities. So the decarbonisation uh, strategy is a big old document. Obviously, decarb is a, is a big topic, so a big old document that comes with it. Anybody who's attended our board meetings over recent months may have already got a flavour of it. Obviously, papers have, have been taken to those meetings and members have discussed the, the working document already. But give us an overview of that decarbonisation strategy. What are its sort of key themes and topics? What are the elements within it? So... Uh, we, uh, we start off right at, at the beginning uh, by uh, proposing our, our decarbonisation trajectory. So we're, we're uh, proposing a, a, a trajectory to um, close to zero by 2045. And that's uh, really important because that's a, a regional trajectory. And, and as, as, as I said before, it, it sort of sets the direction and, and the tone of where we, where we want to go. Um, we then look at the baseline. So what's our, our carbon baseline for surface transport in the north at the moment? Um, what will it be in the future if we don't do anything else uh, and under a range of future scenarios? Uh, and then we've, we've uh, carried out a policy analysis um, to understand the level of policy commitment that uh, would be required effectively to bridge the gap between our baseline and getting to where we need to with our trajectories. Um, and that sort of policy is formulated around um, sort of three key areas. So demand reduction um, and modal shift and, and vehicle efficiency. So vehicle efficiency is really around things like zero emission vehicles um, and looking at uh, the electrification uh, around HGVs and, and trains and things like that. Um, demand reduction is how we uh, literally uh, sort of reduce uh, people's needs 
need to 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 use cars and, and traveling cars or at least in uh, uh, internal combustion engine cars uh, and modal shift is how we shift those journeys to to cleaner greener um, modes of transport. So those are our sort of three broad areas, if you like, and we've got a, a level of policy analysis in each where we we're able to come out with a series of recommendations, both at a national level and also for our, our local partners. Um, and also uh, some proposed activities for TFN in each of those spaces too. Um, and those objectives are carried through um, uh, and put alongside others uh, which have been formulated through stakeholder engagement and, and through a, a review of clean growth opportunities as well. Um, uh, and uh, effectively, when put all together, they are, are proposed activities to 2025 uh, for TFM. Um, and we have, uh, we've also tackled topics around embodied carbon, um, climate change resilience as well. Um, so there's quite a lot in there. Absolutely, yeah, a real wealth of information. And as as you say, it's it's looking at background, stats, figures, modeling, analysis, the potential for our for future travel scenarios, which uh, people may remember was launched um, earlier this year. And that's a, a really another key piece of work for assessing how our travel patterns and behaviors and how our world may change in the coming years. And um, and obviously right through to where some of the, like I say, opportunities, solutions, new technologies may come through. One of the particular aspects that I know a lot of people are interested in, a lot of talk about, some hype about, are they really going to be, uh, you know, part of the uh, the future world of transport is um, electric vehicles. Tell us a little bit about um, zero emission vehicles and how they feature uh, in this decarbonisation work. Uh, so, uh, yes, you're right, Gemma, there's a really strong dialogue forming around electric vehicles at the moment. Um, I think, um, you know, for anyone who sort of uh, uh, would doubt that that uh, is the direction that, that we're going and whether there will be a sufficient uptake of electric vehicles. I think you only have to look at the past year or two to see the massive uptake that's already happening. Um, uh, uh, and in terms of what we've done within our strategy is we've sought to understand um, the level of uptake um, over different time periods that are needed for, for the North um, uh, and uh, this sort of decarbonizing effect of that and how that helps us to get towards our decarbonization trajectory. So there are some key figures in, in there around um, shares of sales of different types of EVs. So for instance, for cars uh, and vans, for HGVs as well, uh, and for trains, uh, and when, when that will happen over time. Um, so uh, that's a really important aspect because uh, framing that level of policy commitment and then allows us to ask the question, well, you know, how do we get there? Uh, and then again, that manifests itself in in recommendations uh, for strengthening policy commitment to government um, and also uh, recommendations of, of sort of more practical local measures uh, that we can take too. And one of the key um, proposed activities for TFN is to establish a pan-northern EV charging framework, which picks up the uh, cross-boundary trips 
especially on the major road network where we we know a significant amount of our emissions are coming from um, and, and applies a, a an almost output driven um, process where uh, we understand what we need to effectively and quickly um, decarbonize um, our road network for the north um, rather than it be a sort of a, a, a ground up well um, you know it, it, infrastructure will look, uh, it, it, infrastructure can go here because there's enough market for it, et cetera. It's more about where do we need, because all areas are going to need to decarbonize. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very output driven process. It's a really, really interesting uh, topic, um, zero emission vehicles, alternative fuel vehicles, and of course, uh, electric vehicles, thinking about private cars in particular. And I know as I've been getting out and about a little bit more over the past few weeks, possibly because obviously I have these kinds of conversations with yourselves and others, so I'm, I'm therefore more aware and more tuned in. But all of a sudden I sort of go, oh, there's charging points over there and you start to see it more. And, you know, you start to see how that journey towards more and more people getting on board with electric vehicles will 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 start to come about in the in the in the months and years so that's um, a really interesting area of the work and i know that um there's a transport select committee meeting coming up very soon um all about zero emission vehicles and, and road pricing as well and transport for the north will be uh, involved in that so anybody uh, listening who's interested in that kind of thing uh, keep an eye out on our social media and we'll be talking about that as that happens early june another area that was always a hot topic and that uh, is is part of all of the the plans and projects and strategies that, that we and partners and members work on is freight of course and decarbonization of freight is another big area with many challenges but a lot of potential as well tell us a bit about freight in terms of this decarbonization work so uh, yeah i think freight perhaps along with with aviation is where the biggest level of uncertainty still lies and uh, it's not just for us that's that's um, for globally in terms of surface transport um in, in 2018 the north produced about 26 million tons of carbon dioxide from its surface transport and about 10 million tons of that came from freight movements so it's a massive contributor and yet we still don't have a, a clear path to decarbonization for heavy goods vehicles um, and and by that I mean the the technology route is still unclear it could be via uh, battery electric could be hydrogen or, or using uh, pantographs um, which are uh, a form of electrification like you use for trams uh, for example or it could be a mixture of those and that uncertainty is really holding back the industry at the moment so over the next few years the country needs to solve that exam question as we need to see a, a significant uptake of zero emission HGVs by 2025 um, and, and then there's uh, rail freight as well now electrified rail freight is pretty much the only zero carbon way of shifting certain heavy goods that we currently have. So I think we need to fully exploit that potential as well um, and really push for a, a, a viable rolling scheme of electrification across the country, not, not just the north. 
yeah absolutely as, as you say there's uh, real challenges and, and plenty of opportunities and options so that's going to be another hot topic that I'm sure we'll keep discussing and many of our colleagues and, and partners will as well and um, should also on, on that note highlight that we um, at TFN are working on our freight and logistics strategy which will be due for publication later on in the year as well. So again, much more work to come in that area. Um, Peter, let's just talk a little bit uh, about the role of Transport for the North and the other STBs in these big old topics like decarbonisations. Why, why is Transport for the North pulling together a regional strategy? What value will this have and how will it drive forward uh, the national and even the international work on decarbonisation? Well, uh, there, are, there are many levers that need to be pulled if we're to succeed uh, in, in tackling decarbonisation. So and that stretches from people's personal choices, if you like, at the bottom, all the way up to international agreements. And we need to bridge the gap between those to understand what's achievable and what isn't. Um, and I feel strategic transport bodies have a strong role in coordinating what is being done locally and matching or, or exceeding uh, national aspirations. So, uh, yeah, I think national government would be missing a trick if they didn't use the regional evidence bases and the strong local relationships that the STBs have been developing. And, and we know that a strong national policy framework is going to be essential, uh, but it, it's only going to be successful in decarbonising if we take a place-based approach. As we know, everywhere has different challenges and different drivers of travel, uh, and everyone's starting in different positions when it comes to decarbonisation. So STBs really sit at a level where they can provide that bridge between national policy directives and framing those commitments for different places using a locally derived evidence base and data. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. There's, uh, yeah, again, potential opportunity. I think that's the uh, the, the word of the pod, isn't it? And um, Stephen, let's just come back to the actual consultation itself. So you've been working very closely with Peter and the team to set up the, the consultation process. Tell us a little bit about how that's going to work and, and how people can, can get involved and send their feedback. Uh, yes, I think obviously given given where we are, it's going to be, uh, we're looking at a virtual consultation. Uh, so I think we're, we've set up a consultation website. So I think everything if you go to transportforthenorth.com forward slash decarbonisation, we'll have all of the information on there, including some of the events that we've got coming up in July. Uh, so we're going to do three regional events uh, where people can come along, hear a bit more about the plan and ask a few questions. Um, obviously, they can get in contact with us as well. So there's, so there's going to be plenty going on. We'll have 12 weeks uh, to get the feedback in. So there's plenty of time there. And uh, like I say, if you just want to, you know, there's plenty of stuff going on. Uh, as we go along to get involved. But the main thing is if you head to transportthenorth.com forward slash decarbonisation, it'll have everything on there, including the link to the website where you can actually fill out the, the responses as well. Mm. Yeah, as, as you say, all all online in the uh, in the in the current times. So um, 
it'll be through our if you head to the main transport for the north website and and search for the decarbonisation area it'll all be linked through there but of course we'll be shouting a lot about it right across all our social media channels as you say the consultation runs for 12 weeks so plenty of time to get involved and we will absolutely uh, do our best to keep it uh, keep the promotion coming and make sure that as many people as possible are, are aware of it and feeding into it and um, Peter final words from yourself then um, on why people should get involved why is it important for people across the region to to take part in this consultation I think it's it's the opportunity to to really sort of uh, help us spell out what's next. I mean, we've we put together some some recommendations around uh, policy and measures, uh, and and uh, propose the activities for TFN two. Um, but this is this is a massive topic, and it's a really complex topic. Um, there are lots of uh, different consequences to the to decarbonisation actions. Um, we've started to tackle this within the strategy and we're, we're proposing to look more at, at the sort of, if you like, the wider co-benefits and risks related to decarbonisation. Um, but we really want, uh, we want to hear from uh, the people of the North. We want to hear more from our partners. Um, we want to understand where your priorities are, because ultimately uh, to decarbonise, everyone needs is going to have to make some changes. Um, and so we need to get everyone aboard. Uh, we need to get everyone on board to get make those changes happen effectively. Mm. And the more insight and input that we can gather, then the more confident we can be that we've got a really clear picture from right across the region, from all sorts of different people, businesses, partners, organisation and so on, um, to really help make sure that uh, we've created the, the best possible decarbonisation strategy that we can and that we can have plenty of confidence in, in taking it forward and, uh, and, and enabling those um, actions and activities that come out of it. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today to talk all things decarb. I'm sure we'll have you back on um, later on in the year. So once we've gone through consultation and we start to understand the findings and work on that final iteration of the strategy, it'd be great to have you back and to hear about that feedback, that input that we get into the consultation and then, yeah, and then help us understand what happens next once it's all, all signed off and, and ready to be put into practice. Sounds great. And thank you as always to Stephen for joining me. Thanks Gemma. So we will see you very soon on another episode of the podcast. In the meantime, make sure that you are following us on our social media channels to stay up to date with the latest information. As I say, we will be doing a lot of promo around the decarbonisation strategy and consultation. So keep your eye out for that with loads of information on how you can get involved and how that consultation process will work. Of course, there's also our weekly email newsletter, All Points North as well. And if you want to subscribe to that, head on over to transportforthenorth.com, scroll down to the little box at the bottom of the page there, and you can pop your email address in and we will keep you updated there too. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again to our lovely guests for today and we look forward to seeing you all soon. 
thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.